0: Pittsburgh Steeler fans, this is Brian Anthony Davis from behindthesteelcurtain.com. Here we go. The Steelers, for the first time ever, are playing a 17th game. Well, everybody's playing the 17th game in a regular season for the first time ever. It is week 18, and we don't normally talk about week 18. Usually, this weekend is for the playoffs, but it's a playoff game in Baltimore as the Steelers take on the Ravens because the loser is out, and the winner gets the right and can justify praying for that miracle with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Once again, my name is B.A.D. Alongside me is Kevin Smith. Kevin, it's playoff time. It's January. January football that counts. How are you feeling, man?
2: I'm, uh, I'm feeling like I'm rooting for that 5%. Brian, I, I read uh, today the Steelers have a 5% chance to make the playoffs given, given what they need uh, on, on Sunday. So, you yeah, know, 5% is not inconsequential. Or is that desperate?
0: You know what? But here's the thing. Let's throw in the last six years. Indianapolis and the Jacksonville Jaguars when Indianapolis is on the road, now I'm not saying in Jacksonville because one of those games was in London, but the last six years when the Colts are the road team, 0 6 against the Jaguars.
2: Okay. Well, and I, the, one, the one that gives me a little bit of hope about that game uh, is that Jacksonville can be a weird place to play in based upon the weather the crowd, it can be one of those places that if you're the Indianapolis Colts and, you know, you're, you're playing inside or mostly inside the way their stadium is. And, uh, and, and, and you leave the stadium, you go outside and it's, it's freezing cold. Now it's the winter. And then you get out to Jacksonville. I mean, you might get one of those humid days. You might get a day where the stadium is like half empty and there's zero energy in the stadium. And, you know, it just doesn't, it doesn't have a great vibe. And, uh, and you know we always like to say like hey well you know these football players are professionals and they should they should find it within themselves they should always be self-motivated et cetera, et cetera." and that's true but but there's truth also to the fact that you feed off of the energy in an environment and and in Jacksonville playing against a bad Jags team in a stadium that might be listless you know there's a chance that the Colts could you know maybe not play their best game so so I don't know. That might sound that might sound like I'm I'm grasping at straws, but uh, I I do think there's some truth to it.
0: You are grasping at straws, just like I'm grasping, <laughs> saying 0 and six in the last six games. And you know what gives me a little bit of hope, Kevin? It's really weird the fact that New England put 50 on them gives me hope. There's always that last game of the season where you're like loving playing spoiler, and you're like, we just got embarrassed last week. Let's go out and do it. Didn't a team just do that last week? Didn't the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, get embarrassed two weeks ago in Kansas city. And now they turn around and uh, they beat the Browns. One point they were shutting that team out. We knew that wasn't going to last. There's so many things. And you're going to be able to talk more about that game in just a few minutes, but it kind of makes me feel pretty good about it. Then there's that chance that what if they sneak in? And what if they end up getting the second seed week one, which would be at this particular juncture, the Kansas city chiefs. And I keep on thinking back 42 years ago to one of the greatest games ever played, and it wasn't football. It was hockey in about 10, about 10 days before. They lost an exhibition game to the Russians like 11 to one or 10 to one. I mean, and I'm talking about the U S hockey team. Then they found a way to stun them. Let's go back to a team we're talking about right now, the Indianapolis Colts, but let's go back to 2005 on November 28th, Monday night football. They beat the Steelers 28 to three. Next thing you know, the Steelers are beating them to go to the AFC championship game. So, you know, that second time around the underdog
2: sometimes gets really sharp teeth. No, those are all, those are all valid points. And once you get in, you never know. Uh, So, so hopefully the Steelers can just kind of take care of what they need to take care of. And then, and then, you know, the cards are going to kind of fall the way that they fall. But um, I think they've got a a real good chance to win the game in Baltimore on uh, Sunday and and I don't think it's impossible that uh, Jacksonville will beat Indianapolis. So we haven't had great luck in our recent history of needing help from from teams to get in on the final weekend. And I can still remember 2018 uh, watching that Browns-Ravens uh, contest yeah. that after the Steelers had won. And that kind of – it was cool, but also st- – Sort of surreal as the Steelers players themselves, you know, kneeled on the field and watched it on the big screen after their game had ended. Um, so, so who knows? I, I, you know, maybe, maybe we're due, man. Maybe maybe we're due for some some good luck in that regard.
0: Yeah. Baker Mayfield was awful that game. Then I remember 2013 when the Ryan suck up game, anytime you need help from Andy Reid he's going to screw you. I'm just going to tell you that. You're never getting help from Andy Reed. He rested everybody and they still almost beat the Chargers in that game. And then Ryan Suckup misses that field goal. But the sad thing about the whole thing is that he didn't care whatsoever. He's just resting everybody. I remember back in 2004 when when I had a 14 point lead in my fantasy championship game and there were 2 weeks left in the regular season. So in week 16, he rested everybody for the Eagles and 17, he rested everybody. And in week 16, he killed me because they were playing the Rams. And I had the Rams quarterback, uh, Mark Balger at the time, they didn't have to throw the ball whatsoever because they were blowing this team out on the ground. And I had, I had the Eagles players which weren't doing anything either because he's all of a sudden resting him. So I've, I'll always be mad at Andy Reid for that. But I remember 2013, three teams had to lose. And actually, four teams had to lose, three of them lost. And then that final game, it didn't happen for the Steelers. But I do remember in 1989, Christmas Eve, the Steelers were playing. That was a bad Steelers team, but they ended up nine and seven and almost made it to the AFC championship game. That was the, uh, they had to beat Tampa in Tampa on Christmas Eve, a frigid Tampa on Christmas Eve. And the Colts had to lose. The Raiders had to lose and the Bengals had to lose on Christmas night on Monday night football. And it all happened. And the Steelers made it in. I also remember that very special year, 2005, Jerome Bettis' last game. I'm at the stadium. I'm with my girlfriend, who is now my wife, and I've talked about that game a lot when she's crying because everybody's chanting for Jerome Bettis for one more year after he scored a touchdown, and I knew that's the woman I wanted to be with the rest of my life, but I'm also scoreboard watching, and two or three teams had to lose, and it happened, and – They made the playoffs. They beat the Colts in that game we just talked about, and they won the Super Bowl. So, you know, stranger things have happened. This time you only need one team to lose and hope another two teams don't tie. But I really don't think they're going to let that game end in a tie. So with that being said, the fingers are crossed, but it's so great having something to root for. And one more thing. Dave Schofield on the Stat Geek. If you haven't checked out the Stat Geek this week, you've got to. It's fantastic. He mentioned that Ben Roethlisberger is like in like seven and zero, eight and zero. I mean, just an extraordinary, undefeated when they need to win a game to go to the playoffs. So he does not lose in these situations. And everybody thinks his career ended on Monday night. It did not. There's still Ben to go. So my first question to you, Kevin, is what did you see Monday night? You saw emotion, but let's put the emotion aside. Did you see enough that could be even bigger than the emotion for them to go into Baltimore and win this game?
2: Well, I saw them run the football better than they've run it all season long, and that that was exciting. Just the fact that they they manhandled the Browns at the line of scrimmage. They – they pretty much uh, simplified their run scheme to inside zone and in some of its variants. And that was it. They, they didn't run anything to the edge within the tailback game. They didn't run any jet sweep, no, no counters, uh, no, no wide receivers carried the football. I mean, it was Najee Harris running inside zone, mid zone, split zone, just the, all the different varieties of the, of the inside zone game. Uh, and the offensive line doing a tremendous job of, uh, pushing the, the Cleveland defensive line off the ball, getting to the second level to cover up linebackers and giving Najee Harrison room to run. I mean, if we think about this year with the Steelers and we think about Najee Harris's year in particular, he's been contacted at or behind the line of scrimmage more than any running back in the NFL. And he's still got over a thousand yards. And so what that tells you is he's making he's making something out of nothing more often than not. And Monday night, they they gave him something, and and look what he did with it: career high 188 rushing yards. Man, you know, wh- wh- when when I think about Monday night's game, I just I just, and I think about the the rushing attack. I just think about how hard Najee Harris ran. I, I read somewhere somebody wrote wrote that he ran angry, and and um, you know, while that I don't think that was his mindset, but the physicality of his performance on monday night was so impressive and i think a lot of it had to do with the fact that you know the steelers offensive line gave him the opportunity to get a few steps and work up a little bit of a head of steam and and be able to see cuts and square his shoulders and get downhill and man and when he does that boy he's impressive so he's a 232 pound running back and i think we forget that sometimes because he hasn't been able to sort of run that physically because of the line play but he sure did on monday night so
0: 181 yards of his 188 were after contact, which is absolutely amazing. But the line still has to open those holes for him to get contact. So what we saw out of the line here, the big narrative this week is now Kendrick Green, Kenny Green versus JC Hasenauer. A lot of people are ready to pull the plug on the Kendrick Green experience. I need to hear from you, the coach. What are your thoughts on Kendrick Green, JC Hassenhauer, and the success of the Steelers on Monday night without Kendrick Green?
2: Well, my thoughts are that, uh, that Green has had a, obviously a a tough rookie year, but I believe that, you know, really that he's playing out of position. I, I don't think he's an NFL center. He only started six games in college at center and that's just not enough experience. The one thing that's leapt out to me while watching his film uh, is obviously that he's getting stalemated at the line of scrimmage or in many situations being driven into the backfield. And largely that's a product of him not being able to strike first. He's not able to snap the football and get his hands on the one tech or the zero tech, whatever defensive technique is lined up across from him more often than not that player is making contact first with green. And that usually results uh, in losing that physical battle. If, if the other guy strikes first and um, you know, I just think that that's a product of him not having enough reps at center to be, to be great at the technique just yet. I, I honestly think he's better suited to play guard. He moves well. He really does. He's a guy. I, I, I firmly believe that Matt Canada, if he's rehired, which I think he will be uh, wants to, you know, be more of an outside zone guy. That was his, that was his bread and butter play as a college coordinator. That's the play that's becoming the staple of NFL offenses these days. I mean, I don't want to get into the weeds on scheme or, or, or anything like that, but I mean, really offenses are gravitating more towards a horizontal stretch, trying to get defenses to play horizontally so that they can gash them up the seams in either the run game or the vertical passing game. And the Steelers have not been able to do any of that this year because they're just not athletic enough up front to be able to run some of those stretch schemes. Uh, but but Green is. He's a guy who can do that. So I think that, you know, I, I don't know if he'll be a big success at guard, but I think he'll be better suited to play guard than center. Quickly, as for Hasenauer, uh played really well on Monday night. But let's not, you know, put blinders on. Let's not forget that. You know, JC Asenauer's played center for the Steelers before, and and the results weren't tremendous. Uh, I don't think he's the long term answer either. I I think that he's the answer this Sunday against Baltimore, uh, but I don't think he's. I don't think we want to go into the twenty twenty two season with him as the starting center. I think they really need to upgrade the position.
0: Very interesting. Thank you for sharing that, and I love everything you said about. Najee Harris as well it was great to see him do that one more thing about Najee he his teammates were yelling go down go down he ignored them and went into (laughs) the end zone I think that was a very important touchdown I would not be screaming go down I thought Najee Harris needed that touchdown Steeler Nation needed that touchdown and the team needed that touchdown what are your thoughts on that because he's He's supposed to be going down there, but it's hard to
2: go down in that situation, especially as a rookie. Yeah, and and you don't really need him to go down there. I mean, the Steelers are winning at that point, 19-14. So a touchdown puts him up two scores. So they're going to go up two scores with less than a minute to play and Baltimore out of timeouts. I mean, if they're winning by one, you know, if that's a 21-20 game and him scoring – and the Steelers kicking an extra point makes it 28-20 and now you got to give Baltimore the, the ball back with an opportunity to, to you know, tie and get a two-point conversion uh, or score and get a two-point conversion then that's a strong argument for going down because now the Steelers can just take a knee and end the game and they don't have to give the ball back but you know they they go up by 12 there Baltimore is not going they're not going to kick off and give Baltimore you know two opportunities to score in that time. And I agree with what you said, man, score that touchdown, get everybody excited. That stadium was rocking, man. I mean that, and Ben, that, that was such a wonderful moment for him too, for Najee to take that to the house and Ben to get to kind of walk off and get all and get the hugs and get the, you know, with the crowd roaring and all that. So, you know, I'm with you, man. I, I don't think that, that, you know, that Najee did the wrong thing there at all. And he got to come back to Neil, which is absolutely phenomenal.
0: I was so glad to see that as well.
2: You know, when you say in that, uh, you know, remember how the announcers at the end of the game said that Tomlin was trying to take a timeout. Yeah. I think, I think what he was trying to do was call timeout so that Ben could kind of walk off and get like, you know, like when you take the when you take the pitcher out who's just who's just pitched you know nine great innings yeah i guess give him standing ovation i think that's what he wanted to do give him that opportunity to walk off to the to the big ovation and he'd send rudolph in to take the final knee or whatever that would have been cool too
0: yeah you know the cool thing about that is because what if that's what he was trying to do he said he was trying to do something and he was laughing about it but yeah i don't think he was looking at uh running another play but it what he knew was going to happen happened anyways. The players ran on the field anyways and didn't allow yes. him to call the timeout. I mean, everybody ran on the field and it was ended because he doesn't get that walk off moment when everybody's just just uh, storming the field. So right. I, I get that. I I love the way that Mike Tomlin set up this whole situation and le- I mean, yeah, they're trying to get into the playoffs, but also he was aware of the fact that he needed a moment Ben needed this moment and he let him do a lot of this stuff this week which was really good the support of the organization uh, the support of the fans and we had our own ears there at the game too as well just said that it was absolutely amazing and the support that he got so you know I I love it Chuck Noll would have not done that and that's uh and we just celebrated Chuck Noll's birthday just a couple of days ago, his uh, birth anniversary, and uh, but that's just something Chuck Noll wouldn't have done way back then. So I love how they uh, how they let Ben have his moments, and it, it was so great. So we're going to talk about that and talk about so much more when we come back after this quick break. On here we go, the Steelers pregame show. Woo! Welcome back to Here We Go, the Steelers pregame show. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. Alongside me is KT Smith. It is week 18. The Steelers are still playing in January and trying to extend it, which if so, BTSC will be there for everything you need for all of your Pittsburgh Steelers needs, whether it's on the editorial side or whether it's right here on the podcast side as well. And you will hear from KT Smith on both sides, editorial and on podcast side as well. KT, we are talking about the Steelers and wrapping up that Browns game and now moving on to the Baltimore Ravens. Are you going to need to see from the Steelers the same kind of effort from a run game to beat the Ravens or do they need to switch it up even more?
2: Well, I would obviously love to see that kind of an effort in the run game because let's be honest, as, as uh, sentimental as we all feel about Ben Roethlisberger and as wonderful as uh, the experience was night against Cleveland, that passing game was awful. I mean, it was they they threw if you count if you count the two sacks, the Steelers had forty eight dropbacks for hundred and nine total yards. I mean, that is one of the worst passing efficiency uh, performances I can ever, remember. I, I can't ever remember a time when, it, when a Steelers offense barely averaged two yards per passing attempt. Um, they just couldn't get the ball down the field. I mean, the, uh, the number of times that, uh, you know, Roethlisberger threw short of the sticks on third down or, or through just, uh, you know, a, a really, really quick pass that gained two yards. Uh, it just, um, you know, it, it just it just is, was discouraging in, in many ways. And thank God that the O-line had it going on and that Najee had it going on because that allowed the Steelers to move the ball and really control the clock. And I think really that's probably the recipe for Baltimore. Now, Baltimore is going to be more aggressive uh, up front. They have a more attacking style defense. Cleveland, surprisingly... Uh, you, you almost as I was watching Cleveland's defense I kept th- saying to myself is this Le'Veon Bell at, at running back because the way that their linebackers played reminded me of how teams used to defend Le'Veon Bell which he was so patient that the backers almost had to wait him out and you would see them like not press the hole because they knew if they got too aggressive trying to blow a gap that Bell would make a miss with a backside cut uh and so surprisingly Cleveland. You know, as as downhill as Najee was and the Steelers running just so much straight inside zone, Cleveland's backers didn't play aggressively. Well, Baltimore's will. They'll play, they'll play very aggressively. And so the Steelers are going to have to be quicker getting off the double teams to cover guys up. Uh, and so it's gonna be more of a challenge for the run game. So, so with that said, I I do think the Steelers are going to have to try to push the ball down the field a little bit better. I mean, the good news is Baltimore's secondary is so banged up that they likely will get some opportunities to do so but they're going to have to capitalize on because they sure didn't do that against Cleveland Steelers are getting beat up with COVID
0: cases of course it looks like Joe Hayden is not going to be there this week we just had a long discussion on Kendrick Green versus J.C. Hassenauer. Kendrick Green will not be there Uh, you just talked about the wide receivers and the one wide receiver that Is very important to this team and gels the best with Ben Roethlisberger. Seems to be Deontay Johnson, and he's on the COVID list as well. But I want to ask you about Deontay Johnson. And you were asking, you were talking about the receivers and the passing game in general. Let's talk about the receivers, though. Did Deontay Johnson break during the Kansas City game because he did not drop a single pass? Kansas City, he had a, a terrible game now it seems like now he's dropping passes. Did something go haywire when he fumbled that ball and then had that drop against the chiefs?
2: I don't, I wouldn't say that. I think that player he's, he's been very good all year long, very consistent. He's been by far the best receiver on the team. He's put up career numbers. Like you just said, he's, he's dramatically reduced his drops. And I think that, yeah, I mean, he's kind of entered a, entered a a stretch now where, uh, he hasn't, he didn't play well for a couple of weeks in a row. And I just think that that happens, you know, uh, obviously we'd like to, see, I'd like to see him this week to see if he can bounce back from that. Interestingly, uh, last year when the weather turned cold, the Steelers started to drop more balls and, and there have been a few more drops in the last couple of weeks. So I, I don't know if there's enough empirical evidence, so to speak, to, to draw any de- definitive conclusions about the correlation between weather and and Steelers receivers dropping passes, but that's just kind of something that that I noticed. Um, but I'm not willing to say that Deontay Johnson is broken. I think he's taken major strides this year. The Steelers have leaned on him really heavily. They've put a lot on his shoulders as basically being the only guy in the passing game who separates quickly from coverage. And uh, and they've asked him to, to run, uh, to do an awful lot with the football after the catch. All these short passes that they throw him, they really expect him to try to make guys miss and shake loose. And he, he's taken a decent amount of hits. So I'm sure there's been some wear and tear on him as well. Now, let me ask you this. Chase Claypool has to step up.
0: Can we, or is something going on with chase?
2: Obviously it's hard to say when you, when you're not there and you, and you don't, you know, you're not around the players and you don't know really what's happening on the day to day, but, yeah, it's been a it's as 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 much of a leap forward as Johnson's taken this year i think maybe the opposite is true of Claypool. he's regressed and maybe that regression is mental as much as it is anything else he's probably a little bit frustrated with with the passing game his route tree has been really limited uh, you know i mean other than quick screens and fade balls where he's where he's you know running these kind of sideline 50-50 jump balls against the uh, corners you know, what What do you remember seeing Claypool run this this year in terms of, of his passing tree, you know, his receiving tree? Uh, it's been really limited. And a lot of that doesn't have to do with him. A lot of it has to do with the, with the O-line and and Roethlisberger's need to get the ball out quickly, et cetera. So uh, but, you know, I mean, he got into just the drama that happened with him earlier in the season about you know playing music and the taunting thing and his first down signal at the end of. Uh, you know um, whatever game that was but just I mean he's had he's had some some issues this year that have you know kind of maybe t- taken his focus away from football what, what he needs more than anything else is to just kind of get refocused on playing football honing his craft hopefully next year with maybe a little bit of a different scheme he'll be able to expand his route tree and do some things that give him an opportunity to make some easier put him in some easier situations, catching the football, uh, you know, you know he, he, maybe he, he needs his confidence uh, back. You know, a lot of times when guys are outwardly, you know, cocky, they're insecure on the inside. And maybe he's a guy who, who just kind of needs some things to be a little bit easier for him. Uh, and the Steelers can probably do that by developing their scheme a little better next year.
0: All right. As we uh, run out of time here, let me ask you this. How can the Steelers win this game? What's the key?
2: Well, I, I do believe they need to be able to run the football. They don't have to run it for almost 200 yards like they did last week, but they, they need to be able to run it consistently enough to, you know, to move the chains. That was a nice thing that they did last week is, is they, they used the run game to, to move the chains and, and put them in, in favorable situations. They were in a lot of second and threes last week, and if you're in those situations, good things happen. And then I, when you flip it around on the defensive side of the ball, it doesn't, doesn't look like Lamar Jackson's going to play. So, so uh, they got to get after the quarterback. You know, this Tyler Huntley's been pretty darn good as a, as a rookie, and they got to keep him in the pocket and hopefully you know, maybe get TJ that sack record. That would be really, really exciting. If, if TJ can, can do that, that probably means the pass rush is getting home.
0: Very good. Very good. So let's hear it. What's your final score in this game?
2: This is a tough one to, to pick because I, you, you don't know – the Ravens are alive, but they're alive by less than the Steelers. The same, the same odds that gave the Steelers a 5% chance to make, a, make the playoffs uh, on, on 538.com. They, they give Baltimore a 2% chance. And Jackson's not playing, and they're really, really banged up. And um, you know, I don't know what they're going to get. Now, on the flip side, Baltimore's lost five in a row. When's the last time you can remember the Ravens having lost five in a row? I
0: can't. And they've lost,
2: yeah, and they've lost three in a row to the Steelers. So I'm sure there'll be a motivational factor there. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I, I'm, I'm sentimental and maybe I, I really think it's a toss up game, uh, but sentimentally, I can see the Steelers, you know, figuring it out. They've been they've been good in Baltimore. And, and, and if it's Ben Roethlisberger's last game, winning one in Baltimore is uh, is pretty sweet. So I'm going to go uh, 2017 Steelers,
0: especially for a guy who's living here in Maryland and two others at Dave Schofield and Jeff Hartman. Yeah, we're, we're hoping for that, too. Nineteen seventeen is my score in favor of the Steelers as well. And the Steelers get a miracle from the Jacksonville Jaguars. And we're going to be talking about maybe a playoff game next week. That's what we're hoping for. So with that being said, Kevin, thank you so much. We appreciate all your time this evening.
2: Yeah, absolutely, Brian. And I hope you're right. I hope we're talking again next week.
0: Well, if so, it is going to be epic. With that being said, my name is Brian Anthony Davis. His name is Kevin Smith. We ask you to do three things. Definitely be safe, to be true to yourself, and always be behind the steel curtain. Grab that terrible towel, my friends, and start rooting.
1: 18 plus.